been like world traveling, like rocking it out. And so um, God's really doing a great work in his life. And tonight he's going to be ministering. He's a very powerful minister and very accurate prophetically. So uh, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. The ministry will happen tonight, but this morning he's going to share. He's my friend. And so I want you guys to welcome with me Alejandro. Good morning, church. All right, can you hear me? We're going to have an exciting morning. God is in the house, and when God is in the house, anything can happen. The Spirit of God is here. I really felt it. I really felt the anointing. I really felt the power of God. You know, it's such an honor, such a blessing to be back in this house. I've known Pastor Kevin and Sherry for a while now, a couple of years, I would say, what, 10 years and uh, I've been in this church a couple of times, so every time I come to Miami and I come to Elevate, I love it. In fact, uh, uh, this is not just a compliment, but uh, I was thinking if I was based out of Miami, I would come to Elevate. Like I would attend this church. This is how amazing it is. It's, it's not just a compliment because, you know, I, I, I'm telling you the worship here is amazing. And I'm telling you out of my heart that what God is doing in this house is incredible. And you are to support it and get behind it and pray for your pastors because they're doing an amazing job. Miami is a difficult city to plant a church. Miami is a very difficult city to keep the momentum. You have a lot of churches, a lot of things going on. But guess what? During the pandemic, God really shook the structure. He really shook the church and the old wineskin. He did away with that and he's rebuilding an old, a new wineskin and you're part of that. Amen. And what God did is he, he refined the church. We went through refining, through shaking, through sifting, through cleansing, through a lot. I mean, 30 to 40 percent of people in America are no longer attending church on a Sunday morning. According to the statistics, 30 to 40 percent, they have become virtual members and a lot of them are not even watching church online. So what we are seeing right now is the greatest uh, falling away. We have never seen it before and after the pandemic we had a falling away. But guess what? I have good news for you. God is raising up a remnant. He is raising up a people, a generation, an army, a church. And that's what I call the sleeping giant. The sleeping giant is not Russia, although we hear about Russia in the news a lot nowadays. The, the sleeping giant is not China. The sleeping giant is the church. Guess how many believers all over the world we have right now actively in churches? 1.2 billion believers around the world. 1.2 billion believers. And guess how many are sharing their faith actively on a daily basis? Or not even daily basis. How many are sharing their faith altogether? Only 7%. 7% out of 1.2 billion. Now you think, well, a couple of million people, that's really good. Well, that's not good enough to fulfill the Great Commission. Now we have a great responsibility because Jesus is coming back soon. And yesterday while I was praying, I, I was just, ple I was like, you know when you travail in the Spirit and you pray and you're asking the Lord, you're weeping, you're like, come back, Lord, get us out of here, you know? How many of you wanna, don't want the Lord to get you out of here? Come on before a nuclear war, before a nuclear disaster, before anything happens. Come on, raise your hand if you want to, like, you want out, right? I'm out of here. You're a rapture kind of believer. Rapture me out of here, God. 
Do it now. And some of you have ulterior motives. Like, I want to leave all my credit cards behind. I want to leave all my payments behind. Even my car payment. I'm, bro, I cannot afford my car payment right now. Many of you may say, even the gas prices are unbelievable. They're insane. But let me tell you something. Guess what the Lord spoke to me while I was praying? I said, come, Lord, come. And, and, and I just heard the sweet whisper of God. And he said, if I come now, millions will not hear the message that you have to share. I mean, he slapped me like that was a holy slap. Like, you're staying here for a while. I'm not coming back yet. But, you know, I've been doing this for 24 years. I've been in 52 nations around the world preaching the gospel to thousands of people. And sometimes I think, you know, what the Lord has done in this ministry and through this ministry has been incredible. And what we are getting ready to do through the gold movement we are getting ready to mobilize the church worldwide. The Go Movement is a movement that mobilizes believers worldwide. And what's that? Is that like my time is up or something? I hear something vibrating. Is that my phone? I think my phone is vibrating. It sounds like, like time is up or something. And, and anyway, last year they mobilized 75 million believers last year preaching the gospel, right? And this year, they're getting ready to mobilize 100 million believers. 100 million believers. Just in Africa alone, they're going to mobilize 25 million believers. In Latin America, we're getting ready to mobilize 15 million believers. Now, we have different partners. Crew is one of them. Campus Crusade, One Hope. All of these partners that are helping us make this possible. Because the church is coming together for such a time as this. Say it, such a time as this. So God is moving and awakening the sleeping giant. I was talking to a lot of, um, you know, heads of denominations. I was talking to a lot of directors and pastors who lead thousands of churches. In one room, actually, in Peru, we had probably like 30,000 churches represented in one room. It was unbelievable. We had the first lady come to the meeting. God is moving in this hour. And I want you to understand this is the greatest time to seize the harvest. Now you may think, well, that's irrelevant to me. I know God's moving all over the world, but what about in my life and what about in my neighborhood? Today I'm going to give you some personal tips on how to share your faith on a practical level. And it's going to be so practical that you're going to come out of this service feeling empowered and feeling like, I can tackle this. I can do this. And I can be part of that 15 million army that's going out, you know, can you be part of it? I mean, you know, sharing the gospel. And this is so amazing because I'm excited and inspired by this. You know, we all have different holidays that we celebrate, you know, Christmas and Easter. And we have Father's Day and Mother's Day. And we have all these, you know, great holidays that we celebrate. But now the World Evangelical Alliance has actually put it in the calendar to celebrate, the, you know, this date, May 28th. And I want you to write it down so you can pray with us. And maybe you can share the gospel. This is a great gospel challenge that we're challenging churches all over the United States and all over the world May 28th which is the last Saturday of May we're challenging believers to share their faith everywhere anywhere at all times May 28th is what we are going to know worldwide as the day of evangelism 
And that's what the World Evangelical Alliance said. The World Evangelical Alliance is the largest body of churches. They have millions of churches of all denominations, and they put it in their calendar, and they said, we are going to support this. We're going to get behind this. And guess what? May 28th has been officially assigned to be the Worldwide Day of Evangelism. Come on, somebody. Isn't that awesome? So that's a, a dream that uh, Werner Nachtigall from Germany, a great evangelist, we just joined this movement. Go movement. You can check it out. Go movement.world. Go movement.world. They're doing incredible things all over the world. But our ministry as an associate evangelist, and you know, I've had my own ministry, we are empowering people to jump on board because we need as many people to share their faith as possible. Amen. So before I go into this, I want to show you two clips, uh, two slides. If you can just go back to the one you had previously. Now, if you want to um, check our resources, you can uh, uh, scan the QR code. We have some resources available. This one is about His presence. If you want to learn about the presence of God and how to become a friend of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to really develop and cultivate a friendship with God, you know? This one is a really powerful book. It talks about the anointing, how to engage the anointing, how to engage a relationship with God. This one is my story, boy preacher. You know, I've been doing this since I was 11 years old, preaching all over the world. So I was known as a boy preacher. You can look me up on YouTube. You know, I started in Costa Rica as a boy preacher. And you can see a lot of videos and even interviews where I was sharing my testimony, boy preacher. And this book, uh, so this is my, my life story, how God healed me of cancer and all of that. Um, now, Revelation Ready. And that's why I pray for the sick. That's why, because... When, when God uses you in something, he's giving you the ability and the gifting and the power and the anointing to do it. Amen? Now, this book, how many of you are concerned about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia? And you're like, you're praying about it right now. Come on, raise your hand if you're concerned. You know that we are living in the end times. I mean, there is no going back. If you think we're going back to 2019, to more peaceful times, to calmer times, you're wrong. We're mistaken. We're not going back to 2019. Welcome to 2022, where we're going to see massive end-time signs happening every single week. I mean, every, every day, you're going to watch in the news, we're going to see more and more developments, and things are going to get more challenging. But guess what? God has given a voice to the church. God has given you hope. He is giving you hope for the future. Come on. He is giving you hope for the future. You're not alone. Even though the world is going to become an insane place, God has given us power and authority. And if he's keeping us here and he's not rapturing us yet, it's because he's got plenty of work for us to do. Come on. So we got to understand our commission and our assignment. If we don't, we lose it, right? If you watch the news and you bite your nails, that's because you're not reading your Bible. Hello? If you watch news and you're like, oh, this is too depressing, it's because you don't know who you are in Christ. Because I know where I'm going. I don't care if there is a war. I don't care if there's another pandemic. Even our president said, you know, in the State of the Union address, get ready for more variants. I'm like, hey, thank you, sir. I don't receive that, but I, I know what you're saying. You're alerting us. You're warning us that something is coming. Something is in the making, but I don't receive it. I'm not afraid because I know who I am in Christ. Amen. 
So Revelation ready is for you. Now there's another slide for those who like to listen to podcasts. I have my own podcast channel on Charisma. You can scan it. You can download it. You can subscribe and listen to our podcast. You can subscribe today by scanning that QR code. Amen. So let's open our Bibles. Now I'm excited about this morning. I'm going to give you three steps on how to share your faith. Yesterday, we were having lunch at this restaurant here, um, Doral, and uh, Pastor Kevin and I were just having a great time. And, uh, you know, the Lord just inspired me, and the Lord said, I want you to do this right now, right here. And so I approached the waiter, and one question that I asked, which I normally use, and I think is a great question, I asked the waiter, and I was kind of showing Pastor Kevin how this works. And I said, check this out, Pastor Kevin. He's like, yeah. You know, we were engaged in this conversation. And uh, I asked the waiter, what has been the most significant event in your life? So by asking that question, I'm opening a conversation, which is going to lead me in two ways. One, the person can open up and share something that's going to give me more relational equity to share the gospel. Amen. Two, that conversation can really open up and that conversation will give me an opportunity to lead that person to Christ. So I have two options. I, I, I can either share the gospel or I can lead that person to Christ because once you share, once that person begins to share with you, well, my son got married, or I just graduated, or, or you know, with the most significant uh, event, like for this, this guy, he has a daughter, and his daughter is in Venezuela right now, he's working here, but he was telling me, he's like, well, my daughter, when my daughter came to the world, you know, that was the most significant event in my life, and I said, well, I have two daughters, now I can relate, see? See, I have two daughters. And he's like, well, how old are they? And I said, well, one is eight and one is three years old. And I can relate with you. I know. I mean, I travel a lot. I know that when I'm away from them, I feel the pain. I feel the absence. I feel like, you know, I miss them and I can relate with you. And then I begin to talk to him for about a minute. See, our challenge is how can you preach the gospel and share your faith under one minute? Under one minute. So then... I, uh, then I begin to share, and then I said, can I tell you what has been the most significant event in my life? Now I heard him, right? So I'm in the position of asking him because he's giving me time. Even though we are in a restaurant and people are busy, he is giving me 30 seconds, right? He is telling me his significant event. Now I can tell him my significant event in 30 seconds. And why did I tell him? I tell him, well, the most significant event is that Jesus came into my life and that I, am, I, I have found hope and I was healed of cancer when I was eight years old. And the most significant event is that I know and I have a relationship with Christ. And then I, then I, I said, and I put it this way, I said, well, you don't know the owner of this restaurant. You probably know him by name. But you can't really go into his house and hang out with him because you're not really his friend. He's your boss, and you're not really connected. You don't have a relationship with him to that degree. And it's like, you're right. I don't have that kind of relationship. And I said the same thing is with God. You know, we need to have that relationship with God where we know God. Guess what? That guy said, I want to know Jesus. Then he went inside. Then he didn't come back because he, the enemy is going to try to steal the seed. But when you're an evangelist, you've been doing this for 25 years, you know what the 24 years, you know what the enemy is up to, right? 
Then I said to Pastor Kevin, I said, I am not leaving this place until that guy gets saved. So I went back inside. You know, I'm a little bit, you know, courageous and bold. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit around and say, well, whatever. You know, he didn't come back. So I went back inside. I talked to him. I found him. I was on my way to the restroom, and he was on the way to the kitchen. And I said, can I talk to you? He's like, I'm so busy. I'm so sorry. I really wanted to come back to the conversation. I said, give me 30 seconds. Let's say this prayer, and we seal the deal, and that's it. Now, you write three things that I'm going to tell you to do after you seal the deal. It's like, I'm ready to seal the deal. So then he said the salvation prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Blah, you know, then you, you say that salvation prayer, which I can show you. It's very simple. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Write my name in the book of life. You know, th those sentences, right? So you lead him to Christ, and then you tell him three steps after you make this decision. One, one, it's very important that you recommend a church where they can go to, right? So they can get discipleship. Two, I want you to read your Bible. I want you to read your Bible. And, and, and then you recommend them to read starting uh, from the book of John. Read the book of John. You know, wonderful miracles that Jesus did. And three... I want you to talk to God. And this guy was writing ferociously. He's writing, taking notes. And it's like, thank you so much. You have made my day. And I'm like, Jesus made my day. Come on. Because I just led the waiter to the Lord. Come on. And we prayed for the waitress. I mean, it's so exciting. Once you get hooked into evangelism, once you turn this into a lifestyle. Now, I'm going to show you. Four logos of evangelism that we normally use. And these are powerful. These are conversation starters. And it's about the three steps of evangelism, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's where you can start. Step one, God loves you. Jesus loves you. This is how you preach the gospel in 30 seconds, okay? Step one, Jesus loves you. Step two, we have been divided, but there's a wall, and that wall is sin. And we've been separated from God. And because of sin, we don't have a relationship with God. And, you know, and a lot of people will know of religion. They say, well, I go to church, or I'm religious. Some people are not religious at all. So you need to know how to engage them and how to gauge them in order to get the conversation going. So then you tell them, well, we are all sinners. We are all sinners. That's what the Bible says. We are all sinners. But I have good news for you. There is hope for you because Jesus, step three, Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood and he is risen. He's not dead. He's alive. Come on. Good news. How many of you like good news? Yay. Good news. Jesus is alive, right? He loves you. And then step four, would you like to receive Jesus? Now, this seems so simple, but I need three steps to make this work. Because how am I going to present this if I don't know how to present it, how to deliver it? And this is where I come with the three steps of evangelism. Now, before I, I take you there, praise God, I want you to open your Bible in the book of Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 3. Now I'm going to open this message with this scripture. It's so powerful. You know, when, when God gives you this passion, you know, we can reach the world if every believer is sharing the gospel. 
We can reach the world if every believer is sharing. So that's why we have a challenge, one a day. How many of you, if I ask you a question, I don't, I don't want to condemn you, or, or this is not for you to feel guilty. This is for you to meditate, examine yourself. How many of you have brought one soul to the Lord in the last 30 days? How many of you have brought one soul to the Lord in the last week? How many of you have brought one soul to the Lord in the last 24 hours? See, we need to make this into a lifestyle where we are sharing the gospel. How many of you are coffee addicts? Come on, raise your hand. If you like love coffee and you drink coffee every day and you can't live without coffee, come on. And that's Pastor Kevin because he had three cups of coffee when I was hanging out with him. I mean, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Pastor Sherry. You didn't hear anything, right? So... Three cups of coffee. Now, I drink two, all right? I like my latte, and, you know, I'm part of that generation that when you go to Starbucks or you go to a coffee, sh coffee shop, you have, like, a list of things that you want in your coffee. Hello? <laughs> but how many of you like black coffee? Give me black, simple, traditional black coffee. You know, we have some millennials, some Christians that are millennials. They go to a service, and they're like, give me Holy Spirit and healing and top it up with this and, and a little bit of impartation and a word of knowledge and a word of prophecy and maybe a swirl of a, a word of wisdom. Hello? And just, uh, you know, spray it all. You know, we, we have that kind of mindset, like we can just order God and tell him, hey, I have a menu, and I want this to happen in my life this morning. If you came with a menu today, you're like, God, I want this to happen in my life. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work for you. Because God will answer our prayers. He will, he will answer our heart's desires. But he will not, he will not be limited to our desires in the flesh. Come on. He will not answer what we want in the flesh. So this, is, this is what we want in the spirit. When our prayers are pure, you know, they, they make progress. Amen. We always thank God, says verse 3, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all of the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. How many of you have hope? Of this you have heard before the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, and it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learn it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So say with me, evangelism. Is a work of compassion. Evangelism is a work of the Spirit. And evangelism, you have to be passionate to evangelize. You can't evangelize if you don't really have that passion on you. You need to be baptized with that spirit of evangelism. Like, I want to share the gospel. And I know many of you that came to Christ, you know, maybe the first two or three months while you were walking with Christ, you wanted to talk to everyone about Christ, including your pets. Hello? And you got your cat saved and your dog saved. Amen. So I'm going to tell you three steps of evangelism. I'm going to go into this later on if I have time. But three steps. Give me the slide of three steps. Number one. How to start a conversation. 
how to start a conversation. You have to know how to start a conversation. Don't be too preachy. Don't preach to people. See, that's a mistake we've made when we're trying to talk to people. We're trying to preach. And God didn't say go and preach. God said go and make disciples. Hello? God said, go and make disciples. See, that's the difference between preaching and making disciples. When I make disciples, I'm going to be, number one, relational. I'm going to be relatable. I'm going to build relationship because I'm trying to offer the greatest news ever. How many of you have found hope in Jesus? Come on. How many of you are totally transformed and changed by the power of God? Now, why would we keep this wonderful healing and message? And why would we keep it to ourselves if we can help so many people? If I tell you that I have the remedy to heal the world of coronavirus, do you think I'm going to keep it? You know, a lot of people now are looking for an answer. And the answer is not found in the vaccine or the therapeutics or the other stuff. The answer, let me tell you something. We have a pandemic in this world and people are looking for answers. And they want to know what is the key to get, you know, get rid of this coronavirus, right? But let me tell you something, the gospel is the greatest remedy of all. I said the gospel is the greatest remedy of all. And not only is the gospel a remedy, the gospel is the greatest message of all. The gospel has changed history. The gospel has changed lives. The gospel has changed our nation. The gospel has changed nations. Amen. So number one, start a conversation. Begin relationally. Begin talking about the weather, talking about something. Don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. We are not talking about religion. The gospel is not religion. The gospel is a message of Jesus Christ. So the ABCs of the gospel, Jesus saved me. Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus is alive. Jesus has a powerful message of hope, right? So begin to talk about your story. Number three, talk about your story. Mention your story. Well, I'm afraid. I'm embarrassed. Uh, you know, your story is the most powerful tool of evangelism you have. When I tell people that Jesus healed me of cancer, I get their attention. When I tell people that Jesus restored my parents, that my dad was a drunkard and my mom was, was into parties, that I, I get their attention. Because even though I've been in ministry for so long and I've been preaching all over the world, how can a son of a drunkard and somebody who was into parties become a preacher? Because of the grace of God. And because my parents found Jesus and they became radical servants of God. And then they became ministers. Well, later on, actually, I led my dad to the Lord when I was 12 years old. I led my dad to Jesus. And my mom came to the Lord when I was seven. But I was a radical child for Jesus. I was a radical that I used to preach to my toys. Now my daughter's doing the same thing. Did you know that? She's having church in her room. She's lining up the teddy bears and telling them about how to behave in church. She's only eight. I mean, that's amazing. I'm like, Carriel, you're doing so many things that I was doing when I was seven, eight. It's like, this is unbelievable. This genetic blessing transfer, whatever you want to call it, is so huge. I'm loving to see what the Lord is doing in my daughter's life. 
my three-year-old, the other day, we worked, put her in bed, and normally we say a prayer, and she repeats the prayer. She's almost, she's going to be four in two months. She's going to turn four uh, May 1st. Anyway, we didn't have to prone her to say the prayer. We didn't have to ask. We said, we're going to pray. She grabbed my wife's hand, and then she began to say a prayer. And she said, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for mommy and for daddy. And thank you for your wonderful blessings. Amen. Amen. I was astonished. I mean, that's the blessing that is a parent you can transfer to your kids. Come on. If you, if you like, really saturate them with the word and you love them and you know three steps start a conversation how to start a conversation talk about something get no, no i normally use two throw lines and i'm going to give you those two lines okay number one what has been the most significant event in your life that can start a conversation right away right and number two and this one is, is something that I normally use when I don't have relational equity or footing or I'm not able to get in or I don't have time. I say, can I share some really good news with you? I know it sounds cheesy. I know it sounds like a little bit Hollywood. But guess what? When you do that and you have to make, you have to really mean it, okay? Don't like go like, can I share some good news with you? That's not going to appeal to nobody, all right? You got to, like, make it happen, amen? Because you're a messenger. You're a megaphone of the gospel. Come on, how many of you are a megaphone of the gospel? And I want to activate you. I want to light a fire under your feet so you can get out of here and go and win the lost. Come on. For too long we've been quiet. For too long we've been silent. For too long we've been just feeding every Sunday morning. It is time to make disciples. It is time to win the lost. It is time to become soul winners. And don't give me, oh, I'm not an evangelist. Don't give me that excuse. That's a pathetic excuse. Hello? Don't give me the excuse. Well, I don't have the calling. I don't have the anointing. Yes, you do. The Bible says go and make disciples. He didn't say, hey, evangelist, come over here. Go and make disciples. He said, go. Which means everyone is called to go. Hello? If we can go. We are going to see amazing things. God is going to use the average person. God is going to use the average person. This happened in Uganda. A, a, a young girl was exposed to the, the go message. And her sister, she was, um, this is in a village. And, and she had a, this terrible disease. And she was dying. She actually died. But then she went to the, into the house. Now, this is powerful because I believe in the God of miracles. Now, do you believe in a God of miracles? Her sister heard the message of go and lay hands, go and preach the gospel, go and make disciples. And her sister believed it and went into the room and prayed for her sister, right? This girl, this little girl prayed for her sister. And guess what? Jesus brought her back to life. Now, this is a verified story of the go movement in Uganda. This is amazing. God can use anybody. He can use anyone, right? I have seen waiters, 
waitresses. I have seen pilots, flight attendants. The other day I was witnessing to a flight attendant. This was a, an eight-hour flight, and it was on, I think it was on Emirates. And I was witnessing to this lady from Turkey, I mean, not from Cyprus. And, you know, uh, people in Cyprus, they, they, they are part of the Orthodox Church. So they believe in religion. So they have some kind of foundation. But then I begin to explain to her how to really have a relationship with God. That God is not about, you know, religion and rituals and all of that. And I got her attention because she has felt for so long like she didn't have any understanding, any love, any care. That's what the Lord showed me. Now, you can use those prophetic tools. How many of you are prophetic here? How many of you love the Holy Spirit here? So the Holy Spirit can be your, like your number one friend when you're evangelizing. Because the Holy Spirit is going to show you what that person is going through. The Holy Spirit is going to show you how to get the conversation started. So then I got the conversation started. I began to, to give her a word of knowledge. And that flight attendant began to weep. I mean, we are flying, right? 40,000 feet above the, 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 the sea. You know, this is amazing. A flight attendant on, on this flight going to New York. I mean, this flight attendant was touched by God. And, and she gave her life to Jesus on the plane after I explained the gospel to her. And I've seen pilots. I've seen a lot of people. And you're like, well, you're good at it. No, everyone can do it. I said, everyone can do it. Share your story. How many of you have a story? Come on. How many of you have a testimony? Share your testimony. So that's number one step. Start a conversation. Number two step. Share the gospel. What's the gospel? God loves me. It was God's plan for the beginning to be friends with mankind. Everything in the world was created perfect. Mankind lived in peace and harmony with God. But then sin happened. Then we were separated from God. Since mankind decided to go its own way and turn away from God... We can see the results of this decision. Now, if you need this brochure and if you need help on the three steps, please come to the table and I will email it to you. If you want the three steps, if you want to learn it, if you want to read it and follow it, and you're like, I need to get a hold of this formula. I'm telling you, it's working all over the world. We are seeing uh, average people come to the Lord every single day. Children, women, we are seeing uh, widows. We are seeing homeless. I mean, I'm telling you, this is awesome. The greatest news of the gospel, right? And number three, lead a person to Christ. That's my number three key for you. Offer a prayer. So before you even ask them to receive Christ why don't you offer them a prayer and this is how I did it in Chile I was talking to a guy he was full of tats and uh, this is how I opened my conversation I said I have really good news for you and he's looking at me like yeah well what is it you know Chile has gone through anarchy the last three years I mean if you go to Santiago all the nice historical buildings are spray painted and they have graffiti everywhere the whole downtown of Santiago looks like the Bronx Right? I mean, it looks unbelievable. It looks, and I've never seen it before, okay? Not the, the good part, not the good side of the Bronx, but the, like the really bad side. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, the, the one that has graffiti everywhere, right? Do you have a town in Miami that has graffiti everywhere? Well, imagine the, the, the capital of Chile. 
all the government buildings, all the, the, the big, nice buildings, the historical buildings, the statues, they're all covered in graffiti with political messages. Because, see, this generation, they're desperate to, to have their voice heard. And they're desperate to have a cause. And they get behind a cause, and sometimes that cause is wrong, and that's why they go into rebellion. But if we can reroute this generation and give them a cause that's real, that's powerful, that is going to make a difference in this world. Come on, somebody. If we can reroute and if we can re actually reestablish, you know, like we can restore some things. One of the things that need to be restored in the church is evangelism. I mean, I love having revival meetings. I love God healing people. But we are not seeing the lost come to Jesus. For too long in America, America has no salvation altar calls. Most services on Sunday morning are led by pastors that preach a 45-minute message and sometimes 30 minutes. And then they have the, their deacons and their elders pray for people. And they don't have a salvation call. So people are coming to church and they're not getting saved. They have become customers of churches. Hello? And that's the reason we saw a drop of 30 to 40% during the pandemic. Because people are not disciples. And when you're not a disciple, you will drop. But when you're a disciple, you will stand firm on the foundation who is Jesus Christ. No matter if there is war, if there is a pandemic, if there is economic chaos, you are going to stand strong. Come on. Because God has given you the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I was talking to this young man. I told him the good news. And he's like, and then he's like, what's your name? And then I told him my name, Alejandro. He's like, oh, Alejandro, that, that's awesome. Thank you. This guy's 18 years old, full of tats. But then he became like a teddy bear, even though he looked rough on the outside. He grabbed my hand. It's like, you've made my day. Thank you so much, bro. You know, and then. And then he came back later. And then I had that relational equity. Hello. I had the relational connection and now I can preach the gospel to him because now I can do it. Now I have relational equity. So then I begin to explain to him those four logos that you see there. And then he's like, wow, I really want to know Jesus. And we got to pray for him and pray for his family. I mean, he was touched by God. Come on. Come on. Come on. We know that this works. The gospel works. How many of you believe the gospel works? So how to lead somebody to Christ? How many of you go out to eat? Raise your hand. How many of you go out to eat? Come on, don't be afraid. How many of you offer a prayer to the waiter or the waitress? Oh, I'm too afraid. Oh, I'm too nervous. That's not, that's not my personality. I'm not too extroverted. I'm not too out there. You, you are out there. You're an evangelist. You can do that. I'm not into you know, talking to strangers. Can I tell you that Jesus was so relational and charismatic when he was at the well with the woman? Guess what the connecting point of that conversation was? Water. Water. He found something that connected 
Jesus and the message of salvation to the need of that woman in that moment. He found something. Jesus was so smart. He is so smart. He's so clever, isn't he? He's amazing. He's like, well, I want to become like Jesus. If you can find a connecting point to bring the gospel under one minute, do it. Because that person can be on his way or her way to commit suicide. That person can be on his or her way to commit a divorce. That person can be on his or her way to commit an abortion. That person can be on his or her way to commit a sin. But God puts you right across his or her path and you did not say a word. Think about that. Hello? That's why I said I'm going to light a fire under your feet. Come on. Come on, come on. Because you got to think about eternity here. You got to think about eternity. If you can have a movie, a 3D movie, and watch what God can do in your life and through your actions. And if you can see if that evangelism message of one minute, even though you have to take time, because somebody who is evangelistic driven, they have to be selfless. They have to put their phone down. That conversation doesn't matter. That Facebook post doesn't matter. Social media doesn't matter. In that moment, you got to engage with that sinner, with that broken person, with that lost person. And your focus and your energy and your passion and your time has to be invested in sharing the good news. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. I'm like, I want to do this. It works. Say with me, it works. Do I have time to share the other um, slides? Okay, let's go quickly. Why evangelism? Evangelism because we live in a dying world and only we have the remedy. People are concerned about the war in Ukraine. People are concerned about the pandemic. People are concerned about not just the pandemic in other places. People are concerned about prices rising, inflation, and so on. So you have a lot of connecting points where you can talk to people. People are concerned about why people are not working. Like this morning, I was trying to witness to uh, the waiter in the, in the cafe of this hotel where I'm staying. She's a Catholic. She's never accepted Christ. I began to preach to her this morning. So that was my gospel grenade, you know, like two hours ago, you know. How many of you like to, to, to release, like, the gospel? Like, how many of you like to share the gospel? Amen. Because the earth is more than a waiting room for heaven. And guess how she started the conversation? This is amazing. She started by complaining and saying, people don't want to work nowadays. And then I said, well, that's because people are terrified. Yeah, but, you know, people are afraid, but they have to work. And how are they surviving? And then she was talking to me. And then I had the opportunity to say, well, they're going to be forced to work very soon because of gas prices and inflation. And she's like, yeah, you're right. They're going to be pushed to work, right? Oh, yeah, very soon we're going to have lines of people trying to work because of inflation. That's creeping up quickly and it's inflating our economy. And she's like, yeah. But I said, but you know, we live in a hopeless world. Only Jesus can help us right now. So then I begin to... I begin to preach. You, you know what I'm saying? You kind of wiggle your way in, you know? You kind of bring the message. You have to stay on top of the conversation. How many of you are salespeople right here? Raise your hand. Why don't you preach the gospel? Hello? It's like the greatest sales pitch ever. You are bringing people. You are 
setting them free and you are sparing them from an eternal life in the lake of fire and you're bringing them to heaven come on you're raising people hallelujah because earth is more than a waiting room for heaven so if you are a rapture type people that's for you right there you're not here just to wait for heaven you are here to make a difference how many of you want to make a difference Feel free to take a picture of that slide. Because we have been commissioned to make disciples of all nations. The nations are in Miami. We have to reach the nations. Because how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? My Uber driver from the airport to the hotel, she was into New Age. I began to talk to her about Jesus. She's like, yeah, I got Jesus. Yeah, I got religion. I said, you think you have the light, but you have mixed all this belief belief systems and you really think you have the light but let me tell you something there's only one light and one way to heaven and that name is Jesus and she's and then and at, at the end she was so thankful she's like thanks for talking to me about my my light the, the light of Jesus and I'm like yeah that's the light you should follow so you you never know who you're gonna meet you may meet somebody who is doing you know new age meditation incantation you never know who you're going to meet but you got to be open amen the second slide then the third slide who is the mission field number one my family number two my neighbors number three my acquaintances number four my friends number five my wider society number uh, six the world people from different cultures and nations amen then we go to the next slide now you're entering into the mission field you can join people on their spiritual journey by being. I'm going to give you four types of evangelistic personality here. So you can either grade yourself when you're at home and think, oh, maybe I'm an explorer. I like to discover where people are spiritually because I ask questions about their journey. Like, what's your faith? Like, what church do you go to? And, and by the way, we are not marketing our church. We're marketing the gospel. So stop selling your church because people are not interested and in the church. They want to know Jesus. And then you can recommend them. Once you have sealed the deal, then you can recommend them Elevate Church, okay? But don't be recommending Elevate Church from the very beginning. Don't be churchy. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Hello? And don't try to preach the gospel like this. Some people do it like, can I tell you about Jesus? You know, we are sinners, but guess what? Jesus loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. And right now, you can be saved right now. I got good news for you. People are going to feel overwhelmed and they're, gonna listen to, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to think you're fanatic, right? But if you engage relationally and you are gracious and you have that time to listen because sometimes people are going to ask you some questions and they're going to throw some obstacles and they're going to want you to listen to them because if you start overpowering them, they're going to shut down and they're going to think you're debating with them. We are not debating the gospel. We are preaching the gospel. Come on, somebody. So we got to discover where people are spiritually. We got to show them the way to Jesus. We have different tools for that. You, you have amazing apps for that where you can show people the way to Jesus. One of them is, uh, I, I believe that there's an app which is really good, the Bible app. You can tell people to download the Bible app. It's got videos and devotionals and things like that. A builder helping people get past their obstacles. Now people are going to throw obstacles at you. They're going to tell you, 
you, well, my daughter died and Jesus never healed her, so how come you believe in Jesus? Hello? Oh, my, my wife left me and I'm a total mess and a total wreck and I don't believe in God because my family is completely lost and hopeless. How do you, how do you address that? Or I'm a Buddhist. How do you address that? Or I'm a Hindu. How do you address that? How do you talk to somebody who has never been a Catholic, never known Christianity, but they're open to hear the gospel? So it's good for us to be informed of what other people believe to some degree. So you got to go to Google and think, well, what is Hinduism? Don't get too deep because, you know, you don't have time for that. Hello? Just find out the basics. Okay, Hinduism, oh, okay, this is what they believe, this is what they practice. If they throw that obstacle, then I'm able to jump on the conversation and talk about Jesus. Because I'm not there to talk about religion. I am there to talk about Jesus. Come on, say it with me, Jesus! So helping people get past their obstacles. And number, number four, a mentor. How many of you love to mentor people? Now, mentoring requires three types of investment, I'm going to tell you. Number one, investment of time. Number, one, number two, investment of resources. And number three, investment, investment of money. You've got to invest in people to mentor them. Hey, how about we have a coffee? How about we go out to eat? How about I share the gospel with you? Now, that's relational evangelism. And that relational evangelism normally works with your friends or neighbors. People that know you very well, they know your, you know, your shortcomings, and they know what you do inside the house. Hello? They know when you go out and you, you know, mowing the lawn to your, like, doing that and helping your neighbor get the trash is so amazing. You have no idea what that says about you as a believer. Hello? Serving people and loving people and giving them is one of the greatest, giving to them is one of the greatest ways of evangelizing neighbors and people that you know very well. Amen? So we go to the next slide. Where should I start? Start from where you are. It doesn't matter if you don't feel ready enough, educated enough, brave enough, qualified enough, outspoken enough. God will meet you where you are at and he will use whatever you give him. Are you ready to disciple Miami? Are you ready to bring the lost into this church? Once, but you got to convert them first, okay? That's the challenge. you got to bring them to Christ. And they're like, well, if you don't bring them to Christ, but they really want to check out your church, some people will say that, I want to go to your church, then that's fine. Invite them to church. God will touch them. God will bring them to the kingdom. But we got to sow seeds, and we got to be intentional. Amen? So I'm going to pray for a baptism of evangelism to fall upon you. May 28th. Say May 28th. What, what's happening on May 28th? The year of evangelism. Go month. That's what it's called. Go month. We are going to engage during May to evangelize and share the gospel. May 28th. I'm going to join. This is, this is who you're journeying. You are journeying and joining more than 100 million believers all over the world that are going to be sharing the gospel on May 28th. Are you excited about that? 
May 28th. Now, I know in April you're going to be going out with go bags sharing the gospel. When I was telling Pastor Kevin about the, the go movement, he's like, well, we're doing this in April, the go bags. And he didn't know anything about the go movement. I'm like, that's God. That's got to be God. Come on. That's got to be God. He didn't know anything about the go movement. Yet you guys are getting ready to go out with go bags. Come on. And you're getting ready to pray for five people. That's prayer evangelism. That works too. Praying for five people in your neighborhood. List them by name. Put them in a form and pray for them every day. Let's all stand up, please. And let's believe God for the salvation of Miami. Come on, let's just pray in the spirit and believe God for healings and breakthroughs. Let's be intentional and let's be relational. Let's break the bond of religion, the bondage of religion. Come on. Why don't you just raise your hand and just pray in the spirit. Now in the second service, I'm going to have more time to pray for healing and pray for impartation. Now we're going into the second service, I believe, shortly. But as we go into the second service, I just want to leave this thought for you to go home and meditate. What if I share the gospel one a day? One a day. How many people do you come across on a daily basis? How many people do you meet? What if I share the gospel and you're like, well, I, that's not practical for me. What about one a week? What about one a week? Can you do one a week? Can you commit to one a week? How many of you can commit to one a week? You're like, one, one a day? I can do coffee one a day, but evangelism? That's too hard for me. But what about one a week? Come on, raise your hand. One a week. What about one a month? If you can do one a month, if you're intentional and you say, I'm going to reach a neighbor, a friend, I'm going to reach someone, I'm going to preach the gospel, and I'm not going to find an excuse, I'm going to do it. Because there is a lost, broken world. Very soon, my friend, people are going to be flocking churches. Very soon, we're going to have the biggest revival ever known in the history of the United States. Guess why? Because there is going to be desperation. Desperation is what is going to lead people to come to a place of brokenness. When gas prices reach $5, when there is economic downturn, when there is war and crisis, people are going to run to church. But right now, we have the greatest opportunity to lead people to Christ. Right now. And even if they run to church, we have the opportunity to share the gospel. You remember that time when 9-11 happened and thousands of people went to church? You remember that time? How many of you remember that time where thousands of people flogged churches all over the United States because they wanted to hear the gospel? Billy Graham preached the greatest gospel message right after the Second World War. And thousands of people that were coming back from the war were getting saved. God will always use a crisis and turn it into a revival. God will always use critical times and turn them into a blessing. God will never waste a crisis. He's not wasting a crisis with you. You may be going through a crisis right now. 
but God is relaunching you and propelling you forward. The best times are ahead for you. Come on. The best times are ahead for the church. The best times are ahead for those that believe and those that are standing strong. Don't, don't watch the news with a human perspective. Watch the news with a prophetic perspective like I am the generation that Jesus spoke about. Matthew 24, that's my generation. Ezekiel 38, wow, we are seeing it right before our eyes. Don't be afraid. Be expectant. Your miracle is on the way. Why don't we pray now? Holy Spirit, just baptize us. Oh, Holy Spirit, come upon us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Come on quickly. I just want to pray for the next five minutes for those who want an impartation of evangelism. If you want an impartation of evangelism upon your life, I want to pray for you now. And I want to release this over your life. So please raise your hand and receive it now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you baptize your people with the fire of evangelism. I pray that they will come out of here and they will, Father God, become witnesses and become messengers. That everyone in this church will become a messenger and they will go and share the gospel. Lord God, it's not enough for us to just attend church and give. We need to become proactive messengers of the greatest message in this world and that is the gospel. God, I repent. Come on, I want you to repent right now. God, I repent for the wasted opportunities. God, I repent for the wasted times. God, I repent because I haven't obeyed and I haven't done what you've asked me. God, I repent because I've been like Jonah and I've been fleeing and I've been running away from you. God, I repent because I haven't followed your voice and I haven't done what you've called me to do. But today I surrender my heart and I give you my life and I ask you, Lord, that you touch the very deep of my heart and the very depth of my soul, God. The very depth of my soul, God. Oh, Jesus. Come on, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. God, I just pray for healing right now. Those who need healing now, touch them, God. Heal their spine. Heal their neck. I feel like somebody has had neck-related issues, and the Lord is healing you right now. Touch in Jesus' name. Somebody had uh, like a back um, injury, and the Lord is touching your back right now. Your spine is getting realigned. The Spirit of God is coming upon you. I see that somebody had issues with their side, and the Lord Lord is healing your eyes and you'll be able to read better. Oh, Spirit of God, come on, baptize everyone. Come on, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Oh, I don't know if the music team can come forward and we're just going to wrap it up with one song of worship. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we surrender, we surrender, we surrender. We give it all to you. We give it all to you. We give it all to you. I want to pray for those who need a, a, a healing in your body. If you need a healing, quickly receive your healing. Receive your healing now in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Now I want you to receive your healing. Your, your neck, your back, your spine, your shoulders. God is touching your bones, your muscles. Come on. Speak life over your muscles. Speak life over your body. Speak life over your spirit. Come on. Come on, pray, release, I release the word of the Lord that you are a overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You will triumph. The Lord says you will triumph. Those who have been dealing with a critical spirit, those who have been discouraged, those who have been depressed, the Lord says shake the dust of this pandemic. Shake the dust of fear. Shake the dust of sickness. Shake the dust of doubt and anxiety and begin to arise and begin to shine and begin to come forth and come out. Oh, God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I lift for you, Lord. Every breath that I take. Every moment. I, I want to pray quickly for those who want a baptism, evangelistic baptism. If you want to be baptized, I want to pray quickly. I got five minutes to pray for you. Baptism in evangelism. Come on, come on. Raise your hands. Five minutes. I got five minutes. I got less than that. Lord, I just pray. Now come back tonight because tonight we're going to have healings and miracles and God's going to do amazing things. So come back with the menu tonight. Say, God, this is what I need tonight. But right now, we're just releasing the word. We're releasing the word. Come on, let's sing it out. Let's sing it out loud. Come on. Lord, baptize him with the anointing of evangelism, of evangelism. Make him like a fire spear. God, may he go forth with a great anointing and great passion, Lord. Use him for your glory. Use her for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Touch your Holy Spirit. You are a prophetic voice in this house. And God is giving you a word. And the Lord says, don't be afraid. For in this time and in this season, I'm going to use you to release a message of life. Oh, touch your Holy Spirit. God is getting ready to unlock the blessing. There is a door that you've been knocking on and you've been praying through and you've been asking the Lord for this to happen. And God says it's about to happen. And I see like a revolving door. I see like you've been trying and trying and trying. But God says it's about to happen. And it's about, I see the miracle coming to life. I see the miracle. I see like you're giving birth to a miracle. Like God is anointing anointed year for this season and for this hour come on pray pray in the spirit Lord I give you everything I live
God has given you a message for this hour and, and you are anointed and this is the message the Lord has given you that you will succeed there is something on hold on a standby but God is about to reset the clock God is about to reset the clock and I don't know what that means for you but I see the Lord resetting the clock and those things that have been on standby God is about to restart him and God is about to redo something there is a new beginning and a new season and God says rejoice 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 for your miracle is coming I see an open door I see a blessing I see the manifestation of something that has been on standby but God is about to restart it in Jesus name in Jesus I open I pray for open heavens oh Shandra say with me Lord here I am use me I want to bring the gospel to the lost Lord use me I'm a vessel I'm willing I want to do it I want to be on fire I don't ever want to lose this passion I don't ever want to lose this this fire in my heart come on come on say Lord use me today I surrender my life and I give you everything in Jesus name now go and shake the world for Jesus come back for the second service so uh, second service hey Alex throw that slide up uh, second service uh, uh, he's gonna be here a little bit longer and then tonight everybody say tonight Tonight. Yeah, we don't have a lot of room in here, as you can tell. We need, if you want to get here early uh, for tonight, but he's going to do a lot of more ministry and a lot more. We're going to lay hands on you and we're going to pray over you and pray for the sick and it'll be a lot more prophetic, right? So this guy here yesterday is Joel. So I go to lunch with Alejandro. This is a funny story, but you're going to like it because it's really simple. This guy's name's Joel. So we go to the restaurant and I'm usually at a restaurant. I'm usually trying to track a waiter or two. You know, I'm trying to see, okay, is there an open door here or whatever? Alejandro's tracking the whole, the whole wait staff. Okay. He's looking at all of them, you know, trying to go, go after all of them. And so we start talking to this one girl and she already goes to a church. So we start talking. She's like, oh, I love Jesus. And I love the church. Where's, where's the church? And he was like,